Welcome, travelers. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 24 of Travel Happens. Today, I am joined by my fellow travel advisor from Reach for the Magic Destinations, Amy Krause. Back in April on Episode 6, we discovered the world of inclusive, all-inclusive resorts with Amy Shabilsky. Today, Amy Krause is revisiting the world of all-inclusive resorts. This is Travel Happens, a podcast all about enhancing your vacation. Do you want to make your trip go smoother, easier, and more special? Keep listening. I am your host, Destination Douglas. Think of me as Moraine Sedai, Tyrion Lannister, Gandalf, Mr. Miyagi, and Yoda all rolled into one. I'm your guide when it comes to cruises. Today, Amy Krause will be looking at all-inclusive resorts. What will be folk? Hello. So, what will we be focusing on today? What you got, Amy? We're really focusing on all the things you need to think about with an all-inclusive resort. All there's just so much. They're not all the same. It's not a cookie cutter decision. And so, really looking at all of the factors to consider what mm-hmm. to what you like, what you don't like. So, we'll go more in depth with that coming up. That sounds good. You don't want it to occur, but travel happens. Um, we are here to supply advice, guidance, and aid through all of the potholes and pitfalls to your destination. Do you need help in planning a trip? Our contact information is in the show notes. Just drop us a line. All right, and we're back, and we're talking about travel news. So what you got for me, Amy? I don't have much. Um, My really only news this week is that the Magic Band Pluses, Magic Band Plus is coming to the Disneyland Resort this fall. They've kicked off in the Walt Disney World Resort officially a few months ago, and they will now be available at the Disneyland Resort. So those of you that don't know, the Magic Band Plus, The Magic Band is an enhancement to your vacation, really. It's a bracelet that you can wear that has a little puck in it that you can use for everything. It can be your wallet if you want to link a credit card to it. It can be your tickets. It can be your line to your swipe to get through Genie Plus hotel room key. So the Magic Band Plus just takes that to a new level. It's going to be an interactive band that you can use throughout the parks. It can off also light up during the nighttime spectaculars. And there's also a feature that you can kind of play a little game when you're in Batu in Galaxy's Edge. So it'll be fun. It'll be different. Again, just another fun way to enhance your trip. Excellent. All right. What um, about you? Well, what season is it? It's hurricane season. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Big hurricane yeah. this week. Yep. Five years uh, since Hurricane Maria caused 3,000 deaths on the island, Puerto Rico is dealing with another major hurricane. On Sunday, Hurricane Fiona made landfall in Puerto Rico, bringing with it winds of 85 miles per hour 
and rainfall of up to 25 inches in some areas. The storm reached Puerto Rico just after 3 p.m. on Sunday afternoon, and shortly after, the whole island lost power. Power is not expected to be restored for at least a few days. According to Luma, the private company that is tasked with distributing electricity in Puerto Rico. Speaking on Sunday, Puerto Rico Governor Pedro Pierluisi called the damage catastrophic with landslides and flooding adding to the high winds and power outages across the island. On Sunday night, the National Weather Service said the storm was moving just west of Puerto Rico and heading for the eastern Dominican Republic, causing catastrophic flooding. By the time that warning was issued, the Bahamas government had already issued a tropical storm warning for Turks and Caicos and the Southeast Bahamas. As of Monday morning at 5 a.m., the National Weather Service said that the hurricane was now about 15 miles west-southwest of Punta Cana, bringing with it winds of up to 90 miles per hour. Fiona was still causing heavy rainfall and catastrophic flooding across much of Puerto Rico and hurricane conditions across portions of the Dominican Republic. The National Weather Service is forecasting that Fiona will move over the eastern portion of the Dominican Republic on Monday before passing near or to the east of Turks and Caicos on Tuesday. So, I know I've been getting, I have actually uh, clients that were supposed to go tomorrow to mm-hmm. Punta Cana. And so right. I've been getting the updates all week of the resorts that they have. They have not officially, or they did not officially evacuate the island, but they have moved guests um, to the ones that were that was right more in the track of the hurricane, and so they've moved them to the other other resorts in the Dominican Republic and in Punta Cana, um, and trying to evacuate some of those areas. From what I've read, everything will be mostly able to go back to their resorts tomorrow. I think there are some still some flooding in some areas, but overall, the deaths. So far, well, have tomorrow been, is relative when people are. Listening. This is true. Friday the twenty third, <laughs> the day that this podcast airs. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, so, talking about Royal Caribbean, ten years after its last visit to the country, the Voyager of the Seas is returning to the United States. Extensively refurbished over the years, the ship underwent a major renovation in 2019. As part of the Royal Amplified Program, a fleet modernization effort, the $97 million refit added new features, redesigned spaces, and new cabins to the ship. And then if you look at Le Havre, It is set to build a new modern and efficient cruise terminal ready to take three ships, all with shore power connections. The uh, new facility will be able to process 13,000 guests and was announced earlier this week by local politicians and port officials in the French port. The million, uh, actually it's a, a 100 million euro project will help position the port as a leading destination as the region expects to grow to 600,000 annual guests by 2030, according to local officials. The new terminal is set to be interfaced 
into the city, so to speak, with a park area and the potential to host concerts and other major events. Marine work has already started while major construction is scheduled to begin in 2023 with the targeted completion date of 2025. And then when we move on to Princess, Princess has introduced a brand new class of ships that it is building. The first of these ships is the Sun Princess, set to debut in early 2024. So the new Sun Princess will be Princess Cruise's largest ever cruise ship, taking over the title currently held by the 145,000-ton Discovery Princess. The Sun Princess's 175,000-ton new build, and it'll accommodate over 4,300 guests and feature larger public areas. What do you so, think of the bigger cruise ships? Do you like them or do you like the smaller ones? I'm I'm just it's a, it, I don't have a preference. Okay. Preference at all. Um and so this is a new uh class of ships like I said before the new class is called the Sphere class and it's currently under cons- uh well, the Sun Princess is currently under construction at the Fincantieri shipyard. The 21-deck vessel will also become the biggest cruise ship ever built in Italy. And according to Princess, the ship was designed to offer dynamic views of the world in addition to innovative experiences from service to food to entertainment. Well, you know, it's coming from their press release. And if you listen to right. any of uh, uh cruise ship builders, every time they're building a new ship, it's the best and brightest and most wonderful thing you'd ever want to see. So, okay. I am Uh, amazed at some of the innovation and the things that they're doing with the ships now, whether it's the, the 360 views that they're showing, the entertainment, the, especially some of the entertainment, it's just amazing. But yeah, I think it's, I'm always, to me, it is bright and shiny because it is, I'm always impressed with yeah. what they can add to a cruise ship. Oh, no, it's, you know, granted, so many of them are really cool, uh, cool but um, I just I just continually keep on reading about these new ship builds. And when you read these descriptions, it just it gets to be a bit monotonous. That's yeah, all. I agree. Uh, the vessel's lighter and brighter look will embrace the outside and celebrate the romance of the sea while offering more outward views the company added the sun princess will also feature what princess calls newly appointed suites and staterooms that feature more outdoor balcony space among the total of 2157 accommodations 1,500 feature balconies and in-room sofas, while 50 are suites and 100 are connecting rooms, the company said. One of the new features of the vessel is Princess's first ever suite enclave, building on the trend of the ship within a ship concept. So same idea as celebrities the retreat or Norwegians, the Haven, they are doing a a ship within a ship concept with princess. And they will offer two new accommodation categories. 
the signature collection and the reserve collection. Compromising the vessel's best suites and mini suites, not compromising, comprising. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The first uh, includes access to private areas such as a restaurant, a lounge, and a sun deck, while the second comes with its own private restaurant and in-cabin cabanas. We said that the class is the sphere class, and here is why. The dome is the first of its kind glass-enclosed geodesic dome ever constructed on a cruise ship. According to Princess, the venue will work as a cutting-edge multi-purpose area that changes functions as the day goes by. Inspired by the terraces of Greece's Santorini Island, the multi-deck area features an indoor-outdoor pool and unique feature for use during daytime. At night, the pool becomes a stage and the dome transforms into an entertainment venue with a South Beach vibe, lighting effects, and the ability to deliver aerial performances. And the center of the venue will also be equipped with a large LED screen, which can be moved and configured to deliver live entertainment programming. Adjacent to the Piazza Atrium will be a new coffee shop, Coffee Currents, uh, Bellini's Cocktail Bar, along with Princess favorites like Crooner's Bar and Alfredo's Pizzeria. The new Sun Princess is set to enter service in early 2024, offering an inaugural spring-summer season of Mediterranean cruises. Following its European program, the vessel is poised to debut in North America with a series of Western and Eastern Caribbean voyages out of Port Everglades beginning in the fall of 2024. Port Everglades is located in Fort Lauderdale. And um, Princess has made an additional announcement. Princess Cruises Coral Princess became the first cruise ship to call in Kangaroo Island for the first time in more than two and a half years this week, according to a press release. The Coral Princess's arrival is one of the several Princess Cruises visits scheduled for South Australia for the 2022-2023 season, including 32 visits to Penishaw, according to Princess Cruises. It's a lot of cruises going to Australia now. Yeah. Well, like Princess has always been like a um, a mainstay when it comes to Australia. They mm-hmm. they usually have been visiting them for a while now. They're back at it. Um, moving on, Universal. Okay. Epic Universe is scheduled to incorporate the Donkey Kong minecart roller coaster. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, this new roller coaster will make it look like you are jumping over gaps in the track. It will feature a totally new ride system currently under construction in Epic Universe in Orlando. You enter the expansion area by a warp pipe under the Yoshi ride in Super Nintendo World. The ride system is a newly patented system called the Boom Coaster, which features two rows of two in a minecart-shaped vehicle. 
it looks like it is running on one track, but in actuality, it will be um, operated on a hidden sideways track uh, beneath the, the visible track. And this design allows the cart to appear to jump over gaps in the track. Mm-hmm. It will feature both indoor and outdoor ride segments around ruins of an old golden temple. Anticipate story elements and multiple animatronics, making it like a thrill ride and a dark ride all in one. It is intended to be family friendly and not an intense roller coaster. Um, in the queue area, there should be two animatronics. The first one being Squawks the Parrot, who first appeared in Donkey Kong Country, and the second being Cranky Kong, Donkey Kong's grandfather. And uh, it may be that these animatronics will not only talk, but talk with you specifically. It will oh, those be are like, fun. Yeah, uh, it will be like a next generation of Gringotts Goblin. Yes. Have you talked to him? Uh, I haven't. He's entertaining. I didn't think he would interact as much as he does. Yeah. And he's very entertaining. Yeah. Um, the Donkey Kong themed area will contain a few small key kiosks for food and merchandise. Also expect a character. In addition, you can expect interactive games and experiences in which they interact with a power up band. Um, gee, where have we heard that before? <laughs> Amy. <laughs> Sounds a bit like what you were just talking about with the Magic Band Plus. All the fun ways to power up and interact. Yep. Universal Park Japan will debut Donkey Kong Land in 2024. And it's expected by summer 2025 in Orlando. Universal Hollywood is not scheduled for Donkey Kong expansion. But um, it may appear at a later date. There we go. Yeah. So that's all the news that I've got. Like what you're hearing? Tell your friends that they too can now find us on their favorite podcast player like Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, Podbean, and Google Podcasts. You are tasked with sharing Travel Happens with two friends. Should you fail to share this podcast, I will place a curse on you. If you do not share and follow this podcast, may you experience rain as you attempt to complete some errands. No more sunny days, just steady rain. (laughs) Also, for you podcast fans out there, we are on Podchaser, where you can discover your next favorite podcast, rate podcasts, review them, and listen to them. You can find us when you search for Travel Happens at podchaser.com. All right, everybody, we are back talking about our featured topic for today, which is tips and tricks for all-inclusive resorts. Our co-host, Amy Shabilsky, on our last season actually talked and introduce just the general idea of all-inclusive resorts, some fun topics to think about. So we're taking this to a little bit deeper level and just really fun things that 
you should know, things that we've discovered as we've planned with all our clients for all-inclusive resorts. Um, so we're going to talk about that today. Um, one thing that I know I feature specifically with all-inclusive resorts and the most common area for all-inclusives is going to be the Caribbean and Mexico. I have had several questions, and I think we even talked about it on our last podcast with Hawaii, that there's actually no all-inclusive resorts in Hawaii. So if you want to go there, that's more of an a la carte piece that you have to put together as opposed to the big all-inclusive resorts that you're going to get in the Caribbean and in Mexico. So one of the first things I like to ask clients is just really what is the purpose of your vacation? Because there's every resort is different. Like we said earlier, it's not just a cookie cutter hotel. They're not all the same. They're very, they have different nuances, different, different feels, different vibes. And so we really want to know, is this a romantic honeymoon trip? Is this just for fun? Are you trying to get away and recharge? Because that can help us as travel advisors decide what is the better type of all-inclusive, what is a better destination? Or if you have a destination in mind, is there a better area to go to? Do you want to be more in the hotel zone and the thriving kind of busy area of Cancun? Or do you want to be a little bit further out where you're quieter, not as much activity, not as much going on where you can have a little more time to, to rest and relax? So that's one of my first questions that I like to ask. The next one to think about is adult only or family friendly. So obviously, if you're going with your family, then you will be choosing the family-friendly option. But if it's just you as a couple thinking about where you want to go potentially, are you okay to see children and to see families and activities, things like that? A lot of these all-inclusive resorts will have kids clubs for the kids to go. They'll have adult-only areas. But you want to think about, do you truly just want adults totally escape all the kids, no meltdowns, no crying, no nothing? Or are you okay with with families, families to be there. The next thing that I like to think about really, and this is a couple, the next two items are really things that I guess I hadn't thought of until I really started planning all-inclusive resorts. But what do you want in a beach? There's so many options with beaches and it depends on where you go, depending on what your beach is like. So I always like to ask people like, do you want to be on the beach. Like, do you, what do you want to be on the beach and what do you want that beach to look like? And then with the ocean, do you want to be able to swim in the ocean? Because some of these beaches are not exactly the best for swimming based on the undercurrents and the the undertoes that are happening. Um, and some of them are just, you know, if you want to surf, there's little better places to go with that. But that's something that I just, I just like the white sandy beach. And so I just assumed in my head, everybody likes the white sandy beach. <laughs> I would think that if um, I have friends who have recently completed scuba diving um, certification, and I would think that there might be better choices if, let's say, they wanted to get some um, diving in, that there are uh, resorts that would be a better choice for them. Absolutely. And there's different points of the Caribbean and different islands that are going to be better for scuba diving as well, yeah. as opposed to some of the areas in Mexico are not going to have the best beaches for that. Yeah. Yep. Definitely a factor to consider. Um, like I said, do you want the white sandy beach or do you really not care about the beach? So you're okay if it's a 
a rockier, um, I don't want to call it a dirty beach, but you know, just not that bright white sand. More, more pebbles. Yes, more pebbles, more rocks, not as much for laying and and sunbathing on. Um, and then the other big factor is ocean view versus ocean front. And I think we talked about this as well when we talked about Hawaii, but that's actually a big difference. That ocean view does not mean you are fully facing the ocean. Ocean view just means you can see the ocean, but you might be kind of like, it might be off to the side based on if you're perpendicular to the beach um, as opposed to being front. So another, again, another factor to consider as you're thinking about, as you're thinking about what that looks like, those often can be uh, the more expensive rooms are going to be your ocean front rooms versus your tropical garden views, courtyard views. Those are not going to be quite as busy. So the ocean views are a great consideration, but again, if you want a quieter room or you're looking for a less expensive room, the either the garden view or the courtyard views, and then the swim out rooms, those can definitely be fun. If you have your own little private lagoon or private little pool right there that you just walk straight out of your room and fall into your pool, that's a very fun way to have a different kind of option if you don't want to pay for the the higher floor, the big oceanfront room that still gives you a great tropical feel, a great quiet space, which is going to be more, more intimate and more fun, I think. Yeah. And then as you know, we've considered with cruises and other activities, do you want a suite? Are you looking for a bigger room with more amenities? And I know one preference that I personally love is either the club level or the butler service. So this is going to come with more attention an elevated experience. You're going to have either a specific club level lounge that you can eat and dine in away from the other all-inclusive activities. You may get special features in terms of a, a newspaper every day, a pillow menu, extra robes and softer, softer, fluffier robes in your room, upgraded liquors that come in your, in your mini fridge in there. Um, and then of course the personalized service. I've got a quick, uh, question. Yes. So, um, can I specify that I want Belvedere vodka in my fridge in my room? I think it depends on the resort and their availability okay. of what they have. Is okay. that your is that your vodka of choice? Uh, if if uh, my wallet will allow, yes. There you go. <laughs> well, and that some of them do have. Um, even even the liquor availability that's in there, some of the resorts that are going to be your more economically friendly resorts um, are going to come with some of your basic domestic liquors versus some of the higher end resorts, even if it's not in your room per se, but what's available at the bar are going to be more of your top shelf higher end liquors. And then also some of those, if you upgrade to the butler or to the club level room, you do get a menu of liquors that you can have in your mini bar. So yes, if the Belvedere vodka is available, then you for sure can request it. Good. <laughs> I'm going to go with my higher end bourbon. So we're good. <laughs> All right. Um, and then as always, there's always things you need to consider when you're traveling. If you have special amenities or you need specific access, whether it's wheelchair, um, any other disability amenities that you need, any specific dietary requests. There are some that are more 
dietary friendly than others, or even if you're just a foodie and you don't necessarily have a specific request, some of the menus, again, are more what we consider like a foodie menu, better restaurants, elevated dining experiences, and some are your general kind of -of run-of-the-mill buffet. So lots of options, lots of things to consider. Um, And then some of the other things to think about are just your transportation. And a lot of these just go into what is going to enhance your experience. When you're looking for some of the, like, we're going to keep the cost down. We're going to try to keep everything as minimal as possible. There's factors that come with that. And so some of those might be extra stops on your flight. So you may be taking two to three stops on your flights. And that can be a lot. You think, oh, that's not that big of a deal. But by the time you've gone to three different airports, and then you have to think about your transportation to the resort, just all those things that can either take away or enhance the experience that that you're going to have. Um, and then the transportation is another factor to consider. Once you're actually at your the airport, how are you getting to to the resort? We had I had clients that asked for a private transfer and they just felt super bougie being guided and whisked away by their own private, this black SUV pulls up and they get in and they have their choice of drinks and it's just them. They're not worried about a bus with other people. They're not worried about making four other stops by the time they finally get to their hotel. Um, So again, everybody's budgets are different. There are so many options for every budget that is out there. But what are some of the things that are makes or breaks for you? What are the things that you want to think about to enhance your experience? And some of these are included. That's some of the, you know, one of the things your travel agent can help you with is some of these deals. Some of the specials will include a honeymoon package upgrade, or they will include um, an upgrade to a suite, or they will include a direct transportation to your hotel instead of multiple stops on your hotel. So all the little fun things to think about of the ways that you can upgrade your experience, upgrade your, your vacation. And again, you don't have to, that's depending on the budget and what you have, you don't, that's not an option. That's okay. Cause you can still have an amazing experience in a really fun hotel, a nice hotel. So that is, those are some of my tips and tricks for, for all inclusives. Well, that, that's the reason why I would need a travel advisor because I just would be clueless as to what are all, I don't even know what all the options are. I would have never have even thought of that. I could do X, Y, or Z, like mm-hmm. what, what, what can happen? Yeah. So I would just need to partner with someone to let, let's take a look at what all can we, or can we not do? Absolutely. And then we didn't even talk about the, all the additional things to do once you're there, like the excursions, mm-hmm. one of any types of private dining, golf, you know, you mentioned the scuba diving, um, the extra scuba diving trips and things that you can do. So lots of fun options, lots of ways that your travel advisor can help you just make that decision for you. Just because you've had friends that have recommended a resort or hotel, that may not be how your family likes to travel. You guys may not have quite the same interests. And so that's where we can help to really delve into you personally and make this a good trip for you. I have two couples that I'm currently helping with and both uh, couples, the, the um, each spouse likes to do different things. 
Mm-hmm. So like when I'm suggesting excursions, it's going to be uh, an excursion that's more geared to this partner and the other partner here. You check out this instead. <laughs> so are they going as a as four or they'll just be separating and each person will be doing their own activity? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, well, they have the option to do that if they want or they, they, want have, they could it could be any combination of yeah you know, and again but, those are things to think about do you yeah. want to do you want some alone time and you want right. to split up and kind of do your own activity or do you want to stay together in your couple or in your group right. the whole time so lots of fun factors to consider excellent lot lots of great information thank you so much for sharing you're welcome all right All right, we're back, and it is time for We're Obsessed. This is our chance to rant or rave about something that is going on in our lives. It could be a book, uh, an event, a record, something we just cannot let go of. And Amy, based upon the pictures you've been posting, I have an idea of what it might be, but you go ahead and tell me. I had I had a few swirling around in my head. I have a few different things that I feel like I'm obsessed with, but uh-huh. I always have my kids. That's my big right. obsession in my life. And so we have, um, this is homecoming week for us. So homecoming week is super exciting. The kids are doing dress ups and theme days. And I just have to say mine might be a little bit of a rant and I'm just the conservative oh. mama and y'all may need to get over me, but these little short homecoming dresses for these girls oh, oh my goodness my girl wait, is wait, not there wait. yet before you continue <laughs> i'm assuming you're talking about events that happen with your oldest child and not your youngest child correct, correct. yes okay. my little girl is still in we had picture day we're going to right. an apple orchard for field trip yeah she's still fine it's it's my high schooler right um and you know he's the boy so obviously he's going to be wearing pants and right, you know, but it's these girls and their little, the little short dresses. And some of them, I I do feel like we've made a little bit of a shift Mm -hmm. to um, not as revealing clothing. And it's just funny. It's just, I'm, and maybe I'll be different. I don't know. Maybe we need to do this podcast again in 10 years when my daughter's going to, (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, it and just they're all showing me. up in potato sacks, right? I don't need to go that far, but <laughs> yeah, um, no, I'm just teasing. You know, and these girls are beautiful. They're so uh, girls today. They're just so much prettier than when we were in high school. But I just, I don't know. I'm just not a fan of the the short revealing that you can't bend over or the super low cut. I don't know. I just, I feel like you can be tasteful right. without being provocative. Uh-huh. So that is, that is my rant. I have enjoyed all the fun homecoming activities and we're going to be, uh, he's going to be on one of the homecoming floats for the lacrosse team. So that's going to be fun in that parade, but yeah. So we'll see how the dresses turn out. Well, now I can understand how you have these thoughts running through your head, but do you actually express them? Do you say anything 
to uh, these classmates of your son, or do you just shake your head and move on? I don't say anything to them because that uh-huh. they're not my child and that's right. not my decision what they wear. Right. Um, I have vented to some of my parent friends, but I have not. No, I and I don't. I don't ever want. I don't. I don't ever want to body shame or make a child feel that they're inadequate in any way. And I don't know their story, and I don't know their history. I just, I just don't like the short revealing dresses. <laughs> right. Yeah. I get you. That's where I am. So, yes. That's my obsessed. What is yours? Okay. Um. In a similar way, I'm obsessed with graduation. Ooh. Uh, I have uh, been training recently, and you've been aware of that. And so recently, I have graduated from the College of Disney Knowledge. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Congratulations! Um, this means I can now help people with all of the Disney products, especially Disney Cruise Line and Adventures by Disney. I can even help with Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and Alani Vacations. Um, I'm currently loving the itineraries for the Disney Wonder uh, that explore the South Pacific. Yes. When I, when I saw those sailings, I'm like, sign me up. For example, in February of 2024, uh, you can travel and visit. Uh, there's like a um, itinerary where they uh, start at Sydney, Australia, mm-hmm. and then continue to Pago Pago, Numia, uh Latoka, American Samoa, Fiji, New Caledonia, American Samoa, uh, and then finish up in Hawaii. So uh, I I think it's incredible that that's happening and it's a first for Disney. So trust me, the spots on that ship are going to go quickly, quickly, quickly. So, you know, reach out to us and say, hey, I I love what you said about that South Pacific journey. Sign me up and we'll help you out. Absolutely. I saw that come up too. And I know we'd mentioned some of these cruise ships that are going to Australia. Yeah. Um, That is personally my favorite destination that I've ever been to. Right. and so to not only be able to get to see a little bit of Sydney, but then to go, like you said, through the South Pacific to some of these amazing sites and to, to end up in Hawaii. So it's truly, truly a fabulous destination. So, yeah, I'm a little bit obsessed with that one as well. <laughs> but it is kind of one of those situations where you talked about it on an earlier podcast episode where you'd like to have like a... um materialization circuit you know you hop in a little booth and it zaps you over to wherever you want to go you don't have to deal with me up scotty yeah (laughs) you don't have to deal with a 12-hour flight so if they can incorporate that is there an upgrade for that can i (laughs) an upgrade to be beamed up yeah so i think they'll do that we can talk to josh tomorrow and ask if he wants to or bob (laughs) chapek and say can we add this to the South Pacific cruise that we disappear in Sydney? We don't actually have to fly there. <laughs> uh, well, 
that yeah i don't know if he has um the ability to supervise something like that that might be a chapek thing yeah maybe but, oh well uh, put the idea out there to him <laughs> i think he'd be on board with it because you know he could charge whatever he wants for a service like that and that's the type of thing that he loves to do exactly <laughs> <laughs> Right. I would enjoy it. I, though I did have to say, when we went to Australia, we did have the amazing benefit of flying business class. So while we weren't all the way elevated to first class, we, oh, amazing. We got our own little pod. That pod, yes, that we got to lay down and sleep in. We had our little bag that had our mask and our jammies and our footy socks. And it was, it was quite fabulous. It was a great way to, to be able to travel and to actually sleep as you're going across the Pacific. And it made that trip much more enjoyable. I, oh, I bet. I mean, that's something that I found to be really challenging is being able to uh, sleep on a long flight, uh, especially if, if it's for a, um, a vacation, because I've got all these chemicals running around in my body that my body has made. <laughs> and I'm just way too excited to... Your endorphins are flowing. Yeah, yeah. So I remember, you know, usually when I do uh, longer flights, the intention is to do a flight that departs in the evening so that I can just sleep through most of the flight. Well. That just doesn't seem to happen all that well. <laughs> yeah, I take a sleep aid and still I'm just so keyed up. But you make do. I sleep pretty. I sleep pretty well. I sleep pretty well almost anywhere. <laughs> but um, I know you. my husband. My husband does not. He slept. He slept decently well. We had more trouble. For me, and it depends on the direction you're going. When we were going from LA to Sydney, it was easier because we finally departed LA at midnight. Um, so I was tired anyways, and then to be able to just to crash out that whole flight. Yeah. And then by the time we got to, we actually flew into Brisbane, it was six 30 in the morning. Um, so we got a decent night's sleep the whole night, but then coming home, we did leave. We originally just leave at eight 30 in the morning and our whole flight got canceled and rescheduled. So we flew out at eight 30 at night. And again, you think it's evening, it's easy, but then the way we it was just the whole, but coming back into the United States, we ended up having, we got into Dallas at, I think it was 1030 at night. Mm -hmm. And so you couldn't sleep the whole flight because you had to, if you, to try to right. get back, you needed to be able to yeah. anyways. And so I only let myself sleep for five hours, I think on the plane. So then I was tired and groggy. And then my endorphins actually kicked in when we got to our hotel in Dallas and I could not sleep for the life of me. When we, even though I had been up for the last, I don't know how long it had been, like 10 hours at that point. But, anyways, coming back was very hard. Going there was great in terms of getting over the jet lag and getting used to it. I woke up the next day and I was raring to go, but coming home was, whew, I think it took me four or five days to get used to <laughs> US time again. <laughs> right. Okay. So, you need some help with some Disney destinations, you can contact either of us. That'll be great. All right.
A vacation in the 21st century is a complicated maze. We can help to sort this mess and make sense of it all. We have oodles of advice and guidance when it comes to favorite destinations for North Americans. If you want help with a vacation, we can make it happen. Our contact information is in the show notes. I can help with adventures with ocean and river cruises, especially if you are in active or adventurous travel. And for land lovers, I can also help with universal parks and resorts and Disney destinations. And Amy can do anything you want. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Any destination in the world, you let me know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Thank you, dear listener, for spending time with us next week. I can't wait to discover what Heather Brookshire has in store as we explore what is beyond our front porch. Don't forget to reach for the magic. Reach for the adventure.